You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. Hello, everybody. It's Sunday night of the long weekend. Hope you all had a great weekend and are still enjoying it. Thanks for tuning in tonight to The Dating and Relationship Show. And thank you all for your continued support. The purpose of this show is to enrich people's lives and educate them so that they can have more fulfilled relationships and successful dating lives. I'm Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. With me here today is my lovely co-host and executive producer of this amazing show. <laughs> uh, drum roll, please. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Sandra Carusi. Yeah. Uh, she also hosts Inside Jokes right here on AM640 uh, at 8 p.m. just before this show airs. And my guest today is David Almalay. Did I say that right? You yeah. absolutely did. It's a pleasure da- to be here. <laughs> David is a lawyer and partner at McCaig Borlach and is also going to talk to us about relationships and all of its ties with the law. So welcome, David, to the show. Thank you very much. David, um, tell us a little bit more about, you know, the types of issues that you deal with when it comes to relationships. Sure. So relationships are everywhere and the law is everywhere. It's all encompassing. Everything we do relates to the law. So I deal with uh, criminal matters, domestic assaults, unfortunately, uh, trying to help victims uh, prepare for trial, uh, representing accused who are, you know, in tr- basically on trial uh, for domestic assaults. Sorry, for the criminal, what part of criminal for relationships does that apply to? It, it applies a lot to uh, to domestic assaults, oh, okay, pri- right. primarily in yeah. relationships, but it also deals with uh, harassment, harassment at the workplace, and that ties into my employment practice. Um, also, I do a lot of defamation work, and as you can appreciate, uh, when relationships go south, oftentimes there are some bitter feelings <laughs> and uh, people say things. And especially these days with the internet, uh, you have to be really careful with what you say. And there's a lot of litigation involved in that. So it really is a big part of my practice. Quick question. As a stand-up comic, when I make fun of my ex-husband, can he sue me for that? Well, if it's true, <gasps> oh, Sandra. then no. But oh. absolutely, you know what? You do have to be careful what you say. But we live in Canada. It's such a great place to live. And yes. we really value freedom of speech and freedom of expression. So what and, does that mean? Well, well, comedy is a part of expression. So you are able to say what you feel, to say things about different people with impunity. But there are exceptions. You, you know, hate speech. Uh, it can't be malicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're making an honest mistake or if you're giving, you know, a fair comment, your opinion on something, then that's fair game. I t- I, I'm, I'm joking about this because I always tell my ex when I'm making a joke about him and sometimes he'll go, hey, what'd you say about me today? Because he just loves the attention. But it's just neat because it... it you don't have to be a stand-up to have this issue. A lot of people make derogatory comments about their ex. And so if I say it in conversation at a party and people hear me, can can he call me out on that? He absolutely can. I mean, you have to be, wow. you know, we have to be clear here. that. But who does that really? Let's, let's get real here. Yeah. You know if what? If there's a big fight, well. If there is a big fight, you know, then it could happen. But really where I find uh, that it occurs in relationships or, you know, relationships that have gone south is when it different people start hearing about it. If your employer starts hearing about it, if people start talking about it at work, because then it could impact your income. So basically, if you're spreading rumors. Absolutely. Uh, right. But if I call someone like the the, the C word or the, uh, not that I would, because that's horrible, but you know what I mean? Like the B word. I can't say, can I say bitch here? <laughs> can I? I say it to you Okay, you know what? So, 
Let's say I call someone a bitch or what. I mean, that, no, right? You can't sue me for that. You know what? Uh, you, you can, but you really? probably wouldn't be successful. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. In the States, they sue for everything there. Well, they sue for everything, Yeah, sure. so yeah. thankfully here, we're not like that. Anyway. Okay. But you know what? It, it goes to the piece of the puzzle that all gets thrown in the hopper. So when you're in a claim and someone does call you a bitch, for example, uh, and that comes out at trial, that may be ev- evidence of malice. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. It gets complicated. Okay. Which one do you, uh, of all these, which do you find couples commonly dispute within? You know what? Uh, in the employment sector, you have to be pretty careful uh, because you can meet people at work. Uh, you can you know, have a relationship or a fling. And by the way, I don't think anyone here has defined what a relationship is. Is it long term? Is it short term? Is it a hookup? Is oh, it cool. something, you know, uh, 30 what? years ago, it was called going steady. Who uses that anymore? Nobody. I do because um, I'm 100. <laughs> but does that affect the outcome of a legal dispute? So if I'm if it's just a hookup and he defames me on social media, do I have cause? I, again, is it true? What's he saying about you? Do you have malice? Is he purposely spreading things in order mm. so that you'd get fired? Uh, what if it's not true? Well, then how do you prove it that I'm not a Putin? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> not me. I'm just saying. Asking but for what, a friend. But what if someone's spreading a rumor and it's not true? That's when we get involved. You send a cease and desist letter. You threaten oh, cool. a lawsuit and you potentially sue. Okay, we need to take a break. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show. We're talking about relationships and all of its ties with the law. When we come back, stay tuned. This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. Okay, we're back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM640. If you're just tuning in, we are talking about relationships and all of its ties with the law. We have uh, David Almale. Almale, sorry. Almale. I'm just going to say She's David. He's a lawyer, okay? He's a lawyer. Anyways, he's talking to us uh, about this great topic. So I want to talk about relationships in the workplace now. So how do you feel about relationships in the workplace? Should people be dipping their pen in the company ink or what? <laughs> you know what? I, I think they're great. Obviously, it depends what it is, but everyone's either involved in a relationship or looking for a relationship. And it can also be a great asset for a company. I have a lot of friends that when they're looking for work, they want to know, is it a vibrant workplace? Are there people in the same age bracket? I want to work at Google. <laughs> <laughs> you seen that movie? I want to work at Google. Yeah. They have a slide. Well, sorry, I cut you off. Go on. <laughs> yeah, no, Virgin Mobile, um, Richard Branson, uh, he actually sees a very positive part. Like it was back in the 80s, it was frowned upon to date people at work. It caused problems um, and that sort of thing. But someone like Richard Branson uh, from Virgin Mo- Mobile it sees it as a plus. Yeah, you know what? I think it certainly can be and it's a big asset to the company. At, at the same time, there are a lot of pitfalls uh, that employers and employees alike should be concerned about. So, yeah, what are those pitfalls? Uh, it could be, you know, productivity losses, distractions. Uh, you know, if a relationship breaks down, there could be some security concerns. There could be favoritism. Uh, yeah. and, and also, you know what? Turnover. You're involved in a consensual relationship at the office and then you break up. What happens? Do you really oh. want to look at that person every single day? 
from nine to five, or oftentimes it's even more than that. Yeah, know? but I don't think you're thinking that when you get into a relationship. Well, because no, at the end of the day, I mean, you fall, you can't help who you fall in love with, really. If you're attracted to someone, you're not going to let them go just because, you know, their uh, office is down the, you know, down the aisle from mm-hmm. you. I mean, it is what it is. You, you, you grab them, snatch them. I mean, it's so hard to meet someone nowadays, so if you well, find them in the workplace yeah. and... Sorry, Grab David. a hold of them. Yep. No, I was going to say that's exactly right. And that's why, you know, I think employers should be very careful before they ban workplace relationships. But mm-hmm. it's a totally different ball game when you're on uh, the same level in a company as someone or you work in a different department than if it's your boss. Yes. Right? Because that opens up a whole other can of worms. Well, I dated, uh, <clears throat> that's where I met my husband was at work, was at a radio station. And radio is actually known as an industry. There's a lot of marriages in radio because people spend so much time at work. It's a very social business. I think it depends on the industry. Anyway, I remember when we were dating at work, our owner did not like that at all. And uh, I was a big producer in sales. And my, my husband, uh, then husband, was the uh, radio on-air host. How long did you keep it on a lowdown? Well, for? F- yeah, for several months. But a lot of the coworkers knew because we socialized and that sort of thing. And I guess we dated for a couple of years before we got married. And um, it was a pretty big deal. You know, like there's always challenges. But, you know, in terms of work, like when we had arguments, you know, I, I was able to separate it more than he could. And because he was on air, you know, you always have to be careful with people going on air. Like even around here, you, you never tell people bad news or anything. And I remember he was on air once and we were having a scrap and he'd be like, hey, this is so-and-so and you're listening to so-and-so and then go to break and then he'd pick up the phone and we'd start yelling at each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it good. does disturb, well, no, it distur- disturbs the workplace sometimes. It, it depends on the people. It, it could, but you also, you know, you don't want to open yourself up to potentially a harassment claim. Because again, going back to, oh, wow. you know, what we're talking about with relationships. Well, what if, what if the boss is pursuing, uh, you know, the uh, the employee? That and, happened to me. Yeah, and she says no. Or she turns it down. Or, or he says no, right? So, you know, I, I think these days there are a lot of women in power. Mm. And, uh, you know, what courts do is they zero in on consent. Because, you know, are you really consenting to, to go out with someone or even to be involved in a, in a sexual Well, you feel pressure if it's your boss. Laura, I'm lo- looking forward to your story. Well, absolutely. Yeah. You, you want to hear it right now? Well, because if you say no, he's your boss. How that, how'd that work for you? Well, you know, basically how it worked was I, you know, was a lot younger and my boss back then, he seemed to be a lot older. I don't know if he was in his 30s. I was in my <laughs> early 20s. But back then, he looked like he was, I thought he was in his 50s. But I think he was in his late 30s. But he would actually have me coming into his office. And then he would, like, ask me to go out and stuff. And um, I, I def- didn't go. And then one day, I, I got dismissed because I was <laughs> late a lot. Because I had an attitude. I was like, I don't care about you. If you're going to do this to me, then I'm going to be a little, you know. So I was late all the time. So he dismissed me. Well, I bored and I actually recorded him one day in a little tape recorder and I brought it to a lawyer. But there wasn't really a lot that they could do. So, you know, maybe I didn't go to the right lawyer, but was there something <laughs> that I that could have been done? Potentially. I mean, again, it's difficult to prove if you get fired. But I had I had a little tape recorder, a little tape. But there's just but cause. She that, was late. So she he was late. could say he could say like she's just disgruntled. Absolutely. But I had I had proof. Proof of what? That he when I had I taped him talking to me and asking me out and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that, that that is an issue. And as the employer, they're potentially liable, right? So that's why employers have to be very So is that careful. admissible in court? 
well, you know, the, the recordings, there's a lot of case along mm-hmm. that. And sometimes it goes both ways if it's without consent, etc. cetera. Uh, but the bottom line is it is discouraged. But, you know, you have to be very careful because as an employer, you open yourself up to a claim. And as an employee, you open yourself up to potentially be taken advantage of. Okay, we need to take a break. Uh, great conversation. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. We'll be back. Now, back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640. Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio, AM 640. Thanks for tuning in. We have David, um, a lawyer here with us, and uh, we're talking about relationships and all of its ties with the law. And uh, I wanted, uh, before the break, we were talking about relationships in the workplace and I wanted to ask you I mean are there laws out there to protect employers from their bosses who are romantically interested in them so there's no law specifically that addresses whether you can or cannot be involved with someone it really has to do it's on a company by company basis but what we do have is legislation that protects workers from harassment and the Occupational Health and Safety Act is a great example, and it was amended relatively recently to include these provisions. But what's interesting is that even making a sexual solicitation or advance where the person making it is in a position of authority, whether to confer a benefit or take away a benefit, that's not even necessarily harassment. The key part is that the person knows or ought to reasonably know that the solicitation would be unwelcome. So that's really mm. the key here. The, the courts really hone in on what what's the knowledge? What was known? Should you have known? Was this repeat behavior? So in Laura's case, so you said something key. If it was unwanted, of course it was unwanted. She has to prove that she w- did not want those advances? Well, she has to prove that either he knew it was unwanted or a reasonable person in the circumstances ought to have known. So again, was it just one innocent question from a boss to a worker? Hey, you want to grab a bite to dinner? You want to grab a bite mm-hmm. to eat? Or was this something that was going on every day and he or she was being rejected mm-hmm. on a daily basis? You, you have to build this profile. Weekly mm-hmm. it was happening. Well, Weekly. I was harassed. Pro- yeah, but how does she prove that? Log it? Her evidence. She could yeah, log it. I only yeah. had that one little tape. Mm-hmm. You know, so. when we start talking about, you know, even uh, some criminal stuff or domestic assault, I mean, it comes, it, a lot of times it's a he said, she said. Mm. So what should people do if they are being harassed in the workplace? They, what do you suggest? They have to go to the person that's designated to hear these complaints because they have to protect themselves. You know, when you're in... A place where you're 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 working you're, you're likely not a teenager or anything like that although there are workplaces where young people work uh, but you need to stand up for yourself and you have a support system you have people that you know encourage you and support you and protect you but you need to be your own advocate and that's mm-hmm. just so important for women and men i just want to raise a point relationships in the workplace uh also include you know, same gender friendships or uh, colleagues, you know, I've had female colleagues and particularly my own managers uh, bully me and defame me with other people, talk about me to other staff members. And they're all fired, by the way. I just want to say that uh, all three of the ones I had in 10 years, I had nothing to do with it. They sunk themselves. But I do want to say it's Karma. Very, it's called women on women violence. I didn't make that up. That's actually a verbiage. I don't know, Dave, if you've heard of that. But in the workplace, often it happens. And um, so is there just cause? in those cases 
again, it's a case-by-case set of circumstances. Uh, in Ontario, especially, I mean, we believe in a system that sort of has progressive discipline. Mm. So, you know, everything is on a continuum. Just because you make a mistake, or even if it's deliberate and it was wrong and it's against company policy, is that grounds for termination? You know, it depends what it was. But oftentimes, you know, we send, we encourage employers to send people to sensitivity training. Mm. You know, we have sessions and we want to, you know, advise our clients to be proactive and to educate. And, you know, that perhaps is the way to go. So can it be just cause? It can, uh, but it really depends. Okay, let's talk about domestic assaults because that's another issue that you deal with, right? Absolutely. So nearly 1.5 million high school students nationwide experience physical abuse from dating a partner in a single year. Whoa. So what penalties are in action for like an adolescent abuser? And how do they differ from adults trial? An adults trial. You know what? Those statistics are absolutely devastating. It's just so sad. Uh, You know, and we need to do more and we should do more with education, et cetera. Uh, when you're dealing with youth, though, circumstances are a little bit different than when you're dealing with an adult. There's the, uh, you know, we have our own system, we have our own youth courts, and one of the keys in trials and in sentencing is to promote rehabilitation. We want to get these kids back on track. So certainly, you know, we have to hold them accountable for their crimes, and and that's what they are. And They're, what's considered a youth? Twelve to sixteen. It's twelve to seventeen. Seventeen legally. Yeah, okay. Legally, yeah. So, you know, in certain circumstances, if you're a youth and you're involved in a really heinous crime, you can be tried as an adult. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's, you know, pretty Murder. Yeah, exactly. And you should be. Things of that Mm -hmm. nature, for sure. But most times we want to get them the help that they need. You want to send them to the training. You want to send them, you know, to educational seminars. You, You want them to get back on track. And, you know, because just throwing them behind bars they're going to come out and do the same thing again. Can uh, David, sorry, so can you define domestic assault as as it is in the law cuz it has different definitions? It, it absolutely does. You know what? It it's primarily physical, but more and more we're seeing that it can be verbal as well. And emotional. emotional. And emotional. Yeah. Exactly. Now, we're not in the business of criminalizing insulting conduct. You know, if you say something that's rude or insulting or even vulgar, we're not going to criminalize that. But when it jumps up to the level of it being, you know, criminal harassment, Mm. of stalking, of, you know, threatening serious bodily harm or Mm. even death. If you say, you know, I'm so mad that if you do this again, I'm going to break your legs. You know, that's certainly actionable. And then even when we're talking about, you know, physical assaults. Uh, you know, there's also a continuum there, you know, certainly violent behavior. How do you prove it in a fight? Like two people are having a domestic fight and somebody yells out a threat like that. How do you prove it after? You know what? It's tough. A lot of times it comes down to credibility, which yeah. is so unfortunate because in our criminal justice system, I mean, rightly so, you have to prove crimes beyond a reasonable doubt. God forbid you'll be in a position where, you know, you're wrongfully accused of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and taking away someone's liberty you know, is an extreme measure. So we want to be very sure uh, that they're actually guilty. But We're, it's tough. We, we need to take a break. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. We'll be right back. Listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca. 
on Talk Radio, AM 640. Hey, you're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio, AM 640. I'm Laura Bellotta with Single in the City. We have Santa Cruz here from Inside Jokes and lawyer David Almalay. And we're talking about relationships and all of its ties with the laws. And before the break, we were talking about domestic assaults. And uh, I just have another question um, about that regarding that. Although I think it's uncommon, does law enforcement take just a serious action towards the domestic abuse of men? You know what? That's a great question. Thank you. <laughs> because it, it is more uncommon. Uh, you know, the literature that you read, you know, it's usually women that are abused, usually the men that are the aggressors. But, you know, the opposite is true as well. Uh, the law certainly, you know, takes the same approach uh, when it's men who are being abused. But the inherent difficulty is that it goes unreported. Uh, much of the time. Uh, we still live in a society and in a culture where, you know, men tend to think of themselves as macho. Uh, they don't mm. like reaching out for help. Uh, you know, oftentimes they say, you know what, I'm not going to go to the police because no one's going to believe me. And, you know, that happens a lot with women as well. Uh, but if you take... And will the police believe them? They may. They may. You know, if they have reasonable... They need, or, yeah, they need they a have, lot of evidence. If they have reasonable and probable grounds to believe that, you know, a criminal act has been committed you know, then they'll proceed potentially to trial. Uh, but, you know, it's tough to prove. It's in general, you know, domestic assaults, sexual assaults, you know, it's a big problem in our community. And, you know, the courts, uh, you know, they don't necessarily, and no, through no fault of their own. But, what is a big problem? Well, the problem is, is that, that it's, it's happening a lot or that there's just no evidence? It's absolutely happening a lot. You really? know, that, that, that's the first problem. You know, uh, when you deal with relationships, when you deal with a lot of other things, you know, certainly, I think at least it's pervasive in our society. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's also tough to prosecute. It's very tough to prosecute. Uh, so even though, you know, men are abused as well, uh, it'll be difficult to prove unless you have, you know, a third-party witness unless you have, you know, evidence. How do you deal with clients that come in and maybe you feel that maybe they're lying or stretching the truth? Mm -hmm. How well, do you deal with clients like I that? I read them the riot act right from the start. I say, you know, if you're going to be my client, you know, you need to answer my questions honestly. Uh, because what I do is when I take on a client, I say, you know what, you have this headache, you have this problem, you're going to pay me to make it my problem. And I want to make sure that that's a problem that I want to have. Yeah. So do you, do you believe that, you know, more could be done towards the legal protection of domestic abuse victims? You know what? Uh, absolutely, I think there is. Uh, first and foremost, you know, education. I think education's the silver bullets. We need to be screaming this from the rooftops. People are equal under the law. People should be respected. Uh, there is should be no tolerance uh, for domestic abuse, for sexual abuse. Uh, we need to have sessions in our libraries. Employers need to have, you know, sensitivity training from the outset. Uh, you know, it should be part of every high school curriculum, and oftentimes it is. Uh, with respect to the law, uh, I think we need to take a serious But how look. can we educate people more? You know what? I think you can always educate people more. I think proactive... Uh, problem solving uh, is, you know, very helpful because, you know what, people do, if people don't know what the consequences are even, you know, they think, oh, they just make a mistake and they'll and just... And that's true. And that's why we're having this show today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To educate people. Right. And on top of that, you know, the, the criminal justice system, it's, it's problematic when it comes to sexual assaults and domestic assaults because what 
we're basically saying is is that you need you meaning the victim basically needs to stand you know up in court on a witness stand that's open to the public where the media is present uh, even if there's some publication bans where any member of society can sit in and you're basically telling them to go through everything in excruciating detail and subject themselves to you know oftentimes if there's a good lawyer on the other side a vigorous cross-examination it's painful. Let's talk about defamation law. So can you explain what defamation is and the different types? There's libel and slander. Sure. Uh, def- defamation law basically is when someone publishes something, and that can be verbal or it can be you know, written uh, through any medium. And that's the difference between libel and slander. One's verbal, one's in writing. And uh, you know, you're basically lowering someone's reputation. So it's not very hard to prove uh, a case at the outset. The difficulty is there are so many defenses available. There's justification. If it's true, you can say it. There's something called qualified privilege, that if you honestly think that you have a duty to disclose something and the other side has a duty to receive it, like if you're making an allegation about something you see in the workplace, for example, or something you see on the streets, then you're protected by that, even if you're wrong. Wow. So give me an example. So are yeah, you talking about if I go to social media, like let's say Laura and I are talking sure. and she says something and I write on social media, Laura said this. Sure. So, you know, the issue is you may feel that you have a moral duty, a legal duty, a business duty, you know, an ethical duty, a financial duty to say what you're saying. To let people to know. To let people know. Do the recipients have a corresponding duty to receive that information? That may be outside the scope because maybe you should be speaking to someone internally, you Mm -hmm. know, in the company. Instead of my followers talking about her. So she has cause now to say defamation. She potentially does. Because it's social media. We're going to break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationships Show on Talk Radio AM 640. Now, Back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Vellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640. Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show. Thank you for tuning in. We are talking with lawyer David Almalay, and uh, we're talking about relationships and all of its ties with the law. We were talking about defamation law before the break. And uh, I, I just want to talk about, uh, I, I want to ask you, so when is defamation law used when it comes to relationships? So it's used not when relationships are ongoing, because presumably, you know, you're not going to get very far in the relationship if you're defaming your partner. Uh, But it happens on the relationship breakdown. And that could be, you know, if you're having a fling or if you're having a serious relationship or if you've even been married. Uh, So when that happens, people often, you know, they blog. These days they take to social media. They talk about their friends or their formal sp- former spouse, you mm-hmm. know, at parties. And that's really, you know, you're not allowed to do that. Eh? Up. You know what? You it ha- happens so often, it, though, you it, know, it does. And you know what? Some people think that they can say things whatever, whenever they want, because they know that it's so expensive to bring a lawsuit. It, mm-hmm. It's a fortune. So unless it's really substantial, oftentimes it doesn't get litigated. How about in a divorce when one of the spouses is defaming the other one to the kids? 
that's a big deal. Yeah. You know, uh, oftentimes, you know, you don't necessarily see a separate lawsuit for defamation. It it sort of gets wrapped up in all the family law proceedings, Mm -hmm. uh, especially when judges are looking, you know, at what the best interest of the children are. You know, certainly poisoning that relationship is a big Mm -hmm. Uh, no-no. I know because people have done that and that happens a lot. And I think that's great. They could be taken out to task because it hurts the children. Oh, it absolutely does. does. Not the ex, it's the children, you know. And I know a lot of people who have... I know mm-hmm. a lot of situations like that. So, okay, let's say a scenario. I, me and my boyfriend break up. You know, he's got racy nude photos of me and he posts them on the internet. Um, how can I protect myself legally? You know, it's a great question because fairly recently the criminal code was actually amended and they specifically, uh, you know, put in something to protect people in that situation. So, you know, there's uh, an offense to post, you know, videos or photos of someone uh, without that person's consent. That's now a crime. Uh, And it has to be, you know, uh, either a nude photo, partially nude photo, or, you know, a photo or video where you're engaging in explicit sexual activity Uh, so you can you know go to they can be charged thanks to hollywood right (laughs) yeah (laughs) no joke yeah Yeah. okay so yeah so what are the repercussions of charge so so they can get charged and they can get convicted you know now courts have the ability to order the removal of those photos from the internet or the pictures but the reality is if you're already going to court Frankly, in my view, the damage has been done Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's so difficult for our justice system to police the Internet. The Internet technology is moving so much faster than our justice system. And, you know, we can't catch up. So you can post something and then within, you know, 20 minutes, all of a sudden it's downloaded in another continent and that picture can be gone. Sure, mm-hmm. you know, the court can order it to be removed from, you know, the main websites, but it's all around. So what if the pictures aren't racy? They're just, you know, pictures that I don't look good in and he's just <laughs> plastering them everywhere. I, I don't and believe I that's don't, possible. And I, oh, yeah, I, it's possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't, and I haven't given him any consent. Is is that different? That that would be different. That uh, would be different? Yeah. Oh, he's allowed to do that? He he would be allowed to what? do that, unfortunately. It's not a criminal offense to do that. You know, my, Unless he stole the photos, well, right? Well, yeah, you know, certainly, hmm. you know, if they were your possession, it would be a little bit different. But my advice to your listeners, frankly, would be don't take explicit photos. Yes. Can I can I say something? Earlier on the parenting show today, we had a social media expert talking about safety with kids online, and he talks about the pictures. And uh, my niece is here, Alicia, she's 23, but back when she was in high school, she told a story about uh, a girl who sent, a uh, grade nine girl sent her nude pictures and uh, the boys posted it. And a lot of that happens in cyberbullying with kids. Is there cause legally with that? If that happened to my child at school and boys were distributing pictures of... so. Absolutely, there is. I mean, the the law looks at children in a different light because they are a vulnerable segment of society and a vulnerable section of society, and and we want to protect them. And bullying, harassment, I mean, even amongst adults, you know, that's not tolerated. Cyberbullying? Yes, absolutely. Do you see a lot of that now, cyberbullying? We do. We do, yeah. What do you see the most? We want to know. You know what? The, the, the racy photos, that's that's coming up more and more. Really? Yeah, And, and, and in addition to just not doing it, my advice to your listeners would be, if you already did, delete them. 
delete them. I know you're in a good relationship. I know you may be married, but you know, we don't know what the future may hold. And you know, what, what's that old adage? Uh, you, uh, you hope for the best, but you plan mm-hmm. for the worst. Mm-hmm. Just get rid of them because it can be devastating if it mm-hmm. comes out. So is that what you see the most really? It, it's hap- You know what? There's certainly an upward trend. Uh, especially, you know, with these Snapchats mm-hmm. and, and, you know, smartphones these days. Well, that's mm-hmm. better than, than abuse, right? It, you know what? It is abuse. It, it, well, it, okay, it but I'm on... talking about physical abuse. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there are different, uh, you know, again, it's on a continuum and there, you know, mm-hmm. it depends where it stands. But for a lot of people, the emotional side is just as traumatic. Okay. Adul- sorry. Adults just need to know, uh, pictures last forever on Snapchat and beyond. There's apps and stuff. So... We're not as savvy as kids, but just so you know, folks, when you send a picture, they last forever. Yeah. Okay, it's break time. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. So I'm here with my real estate friend, Holly Garvey-Penny. So what's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Hi, Sandra. Today's an old trend that we're seeing, and that's buyers can breathe. With the recent downtick, properties are staying on the market for a couple of days. That now gives buyers some breathing room to make a decision. But buyers make sure it's an informed decision by viewing a selection of properties with your realtor so you can confidently act fast to get your perfect property. Call or email me with any questions. They can reach you at HEP at bosleyrealestate.com or 416-322-8000. Thanks, Sandra. Now, back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. We have lawyer David Almalay in, in studio here with us, Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes, and I'm Laura Bellata, and we're talking about relationships and all of its ties with the law. And I have a question here for both of you, okay? Mm-hmm. If your partner was charged for emotional or domestic abuse in past relationships, um, but they, you know, like they fully repented for their actions. Would you give them another chance? Oh, that is a great question. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's a very personal question because everyone, you know, might have a different take on it. So mm-hmm. first and foremost, there's a clear difference between someone who is charged with harassment or abuse and someone who's been convicted, right? Mm-hmm. They're innocent until proven guilty. But that doesn't mean that the acts didn't take place, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so some people say, you know what? I don't want to have anything to do with this person. Forget it. Mm-hmm. There are so many people in this world. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, that's it. I'm done. I heard about it. Sayonara. But it's so hard to find someone. And if they've actually repented. Yes. Uh, you know, and I, I have to say that I'm a believer in giving people second chances. And while not everyone, obviously, in their, you know, it, it's never acceptable uh, to abuse someone, to assault someone. But I think it's important if if they've done the work on themselves, because I I believe that if you do it once, you might do it again. Well, that's absolutely true, right? Especially yeah. if the same issues within could, you are lingering. Can they like, be rehabilitated is the question. Of course they can be rehabilitated. No, hold on. I, you know, <laughs> I, I think they can okay. be. All you right. know, it, it depends what it is, obviously. Here's one. Well, Gian Gameshi. He's not a psychologist. No, no, no. But no, but he sees it. Gian Gameshi. So he was charged but not convicted Correct. about the workplace stuff at CBC. 
Okay. Correct. So the question a lot of people say in the radio business, like, should he be rehired? You know, there's a lot of things surrounding that. That's fully loaded. That's a good example, actually, even on, from a single standpoint, you know, women dating him, like you kind of know about these charges. So like, but he was not convicted. Sure. So again, I think you need to look at, uh, you know, you need to do some introspection. You need to look at yourself, uh, see how you are. I know uh, there are also differences, again, going back to that continuum. You know, when you're talking to that partner about the prior misconduct, uh, you know, what was the situation? Mm. It's never acceptable. Mm-hmm. But there is a difference between uh, a one-time abuse and something that's systemic. Uh, if you have past violent behavior, uh, if you, you know, if you you sought counseling, uh, there's also, you know, there's so much but more. But is counseling really enough? Like just, a, I, mm-hmm. I think you need to do a little bit more than counseling. You know, I, I don't disagree with you at all. He's not a psychiatrist. <laughs> maybe, maybe Did I just bully degree. her yeah. on air? Okay. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's also, we're, we're reading so much more now about uh, different factors mm-hmm. that go in. Uh, to these types of things, whether it's alcoholism, whether it's addiction, whether it's depression. And, Mm. you know, all of these things, again, it gets thrown into the hopper. Uh, So you really need to, uh, first and foremost, think about it carefully. Uh, But, you know, if you think there is potential, and if you think that you're not putting yourself in any, you know, uh, serious risk of bodily harm or psychological harm or emotional harm. You know, it may be worth it to take a shot. It may not be. Well, that's it for today's show, folks. Thank you, David from McKay Borlock, for coming in and chatting with us. If any of the following scenarios or topics we discussed apply to you, I hope we were able to give you a little insight on how to move forward dealing with the issues at hand. If you have any questions relating to the show or would like to ask us a question, you can find us on our Facebook page dating and relationship show or to listen to past shows you can uh, find them on itunes or on am640 i also have a great blog on singleinthecity.ca where i blog about all these shows and post topics pertaining to dating and relationships who knows you might just learn a thing or two anyways i'll catch up with you guys next week ciao for now